Hi guys, welcome to the Sunday Slot. This is going to be a fantastic story. Author Leonard Lowe is joining us to talk about the witches. Wow, I couldn't believe when I heard some of the things. I've been talking into the green room about some of the stuff. And, and to, to a degree, some of it's horrific. And some of it is, you know, you've got to laugh at it because it just seems, it seems so bizarre in today's society. And then also his obsession with Jack the Ripper and all these different things. So we're going to, we're going to bring Leonard onto the show. Um, so Leonard, hi, hi Leonard, how are you? Hello there, good, good morning. So Leonard, like, tell how me are y'all? Um, absolutely fantastic. So if anybody's got any questions, please feel free to ask Leonard. You know, more than happy to take any questions and answer any answer any of them. Um, but also, if um, you know, we're going to talk about Leonard, how this all came about, and then also we're going to talk about, as I said, the witches and the obsession with Jack the Ripper. No surprise, it's pretty horrific. But but the fact is, um, you know, the background we'll talk about. And then we'll talk about the untold stories of Scotland, which um, I've been reading and I find absolutely hilarious. It, it actually reminds me of uh, ripping yarns to a degree, you know, in terms of that, in terms of the Monty Python <laughs> team and stuff like that. But, but it's all factual and it's all true. And I, I, I just can't believe some of these stories in there. But they're all nice and bite-sized. Anyway, so Leonard, Leonard, how did all this come about for you as an author? Where did all this start? I mean, was this his obsession as a child, or? I, I was kind of spoilt when I was wee, um, because um, my, my, my father had such a collection of books. He was a, a great historian. Um, he, he the books gathered through the family, I should say. And uh, when he passed, um, I've, I've ended up with them. And these books go right back to the 1600s. They're, they're books about Fife, they're statistical accounts, they're diaries, um, and they're all, they're all first editions. And, and uh, when I was a kid, um, uh, you, I was never to go near them, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd steal a book now and again and have a read. And, and they're utterly fascinating. Um, yeah. These books uh, itemized witch trials along the Fife coastline that I'd never heard of. I mean... The Wizard of Oz was the nearest we came to witches when I was a kid. And then that's that, isn't it? the it's real really, things I mean, on my doorstep. You know, we actually, that's how we looked at things. It's like, that's all we ever knew about witches was something you saw on the television. But but to actually mm. hear about it and and to, to, to start hearing what you know about it and what you've documented about it, mm. I, was, I was pretty, you know, horrified is maybe a word I would use. Well, the, the, we had, a, we had a, an old book in the house from 1844, um, and it was the annals of Pitt and Weem, where this, this fellow, um, this fellow Pitt and Weem chap, uh, David Cook, had written this. Uh, well, he'd gone into the archives of Pitt and Weem, and he just uh, from the 1500s right up to 18, 1800s, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd he'd done an itemised kind of uh, year by year interesting things that happened in the town. This ship's gone down. This, there's, there's problems with the harbour. There's just casual things. But then it, it hits on witches and witchcraft and it's itemised horribly uh, in detail on, on the problems they had there and, and the problems they made out of them. And, you know, a little, a little place like Puss and Weem, which had about 600 people at the time, they, they, they found uh, 26 witches in amongst their people, their very own parishers, and um, they killed the majority of them. And I couldn't believe what I was reading. And it's a day-to-day, -day, um, from the parish records, a lot of it's from, 
I, 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 I was so intrigued by this horrific case um, that uh, I actually went to the parish church itself to, to ask who, who better, the minister, where all these records have come from, what they could tell me on, on uh, do they have any more records? Um, and I went to I went to the Pittaween Parish and uh, I sat down. Now I'd come up from London. I was living in London when I decided to do this. Uh, I wanted to write the story of the Pittaween witches, uh, so I came up and I sat down with the with the minister at the time, and uh, I said I was wanting to come in and talk about local history, which I was. Uh, the, but the minute I mentioned witches and witchcraft, he put his hand in my face and told me to leave. And really? I went. And he went leave. So I was intrigued. Uh, I was not welcome, and not welcome on that subject. Um, and when you, when if you've read my my book, the the, the Wee Witch, uh, which which is here, um, the Wee Witch, um, you you you'll understand why the church isn't very keen to uh, talk about this subject. They basically murdered their own people. They murdered their own people that sat in their own church, made them victims, scandalized the whole thing and, and killed them. And with, with the most brutal aspects you can imagine. Um, Do you think that's because people didn't all, like them? You know, is this just a popularity thing? So they didn't like they you, made, they, they made them out of being a witch. <laughs> They made them out to be um, these terrible people, which they were not. Um, I mean, the 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 witch hunts in in Pit and Beam lasted a uh, hundred years. There was five trials. Uh, Twenty six people were arrested. Um, they killed uh, seventeen of them. And um, I, I was working in a house in. Um, I, I was living in Pit and Beam in, in in the year two thousand and. Um, a house on on um, James's Street, um, King Charles Street, um, was getting renovated, and I got called round to the house and uh, said, "There's something here I think you'd be interested in." And I got round there and I went, "Oh my goodness!" Um, they'd taken down the walls inside this old house, and um, what they have, I'm going to show it to you here, is this was in the walls. Can you see that? Yeah, what's it's, that? It's a witch. It's a witch bottle. This it has um, it's got it had a big it had a big a, be, a Bellarmine witch bottle. It has a face on the front here, and um, there's a crest of uh, the, the, the some place in Germany, and the date on it is 1600. Now, what they used to do, what they used to do is um, this was a prevention against witchcraft. They would um, they would they, they would know who was a witch in the town. And they would sneak up to her or him in the market and then wrench some hair from her and uh, bring it back. They'd wrap the hairs up in nails, pee in this bottle, and then stick it in the walls of the house. And it was uh, it was seen as a remedy against that witch coming into your house, into your household. So you just protected your house from it. But there was two of these. One was smashed to pieces. And I got I rescued this one, which is covered in mud and stuff. And uh, it's a very rare artifact of uh, dem that demonstrates the fear of, of uh, the, the witches in, in prison. I mean, somebody, somebody would think it grabbing a bit of somebody's hair and peeing in a bottle and sticking <laughs> it in your wall would make a fundamental difference to your lifestyle. <laughs> that, that must be a total mental thing for someone. It'd be a good talking point. 
It'd be a good talking point. What's that? What's that? What other things? What other things witches? What other things did they use The whole thing... You used on the witches. Mm. It was a whole process of of uh, you had to have a witch confess. Um, the Pittenweem was a parish court, so they had the powers to actually arrest and interrogate a witch. Um, they'd get so far with a confession, and then they needed to apply to the government for a commission. You, you need to pay money for a commission, and a commission allows you to go ahead with the powers of a court and terminate that woman if 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 you wish and uh, and this is what they did they um they used all means of of um of 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 torture um and what we have here in 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 the year 2000 again um it was the old baron of pitamim invited me around to the the priory in pitamim and he said he had something for me. My book, my book, uh, oh, it's about 2005, actually. But my, my book, The Wee Witch, had come out. Now, the, here, here's the thing. My book had come out, the book on the Pitney Witches, um, it wasn't in the shops yet, but I already had letters of hate in the East Fife Mail. Um, <laughs> they're not even read it yet. They're not even read it yet, and they're hating it. And this was amazing. What's, what's going on here? And uh, of course, at, at the time, the the um, the, 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 the East Fife Mail um, top man was was a friend of mine, and he said, "It's ministers, ministers writing in condemning you for bringing up this subject." And I went, oh, what's the, "What are they worried about? This is past history, for God's sake! Their their whole business is about history. Jesus, two thousand years ago. Um, so you can talk about you can talk about Jesus, but you can't talk about." Um, the 200 years they persecuted witches. Um, but but what, what I was given by this, uh, the Baron of, of, of Pitamine, was he gave me a box, and in the box was um, some old newspapers. And um, what, 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 what was in the box was these old, can you see that, 1,600, 400-year-old um, scissors. And yeah. they're still, they're still yeah. clearly, they're still sharp and nasty. But the first thing he did when you had a witch was... Um, if she didn't confess straight away, then you had to you had to force a confession out of her. And one way of doing this was uh, to shear all her hair off, as these scissors would have done, and uh, look for the mark on on the witch. A witch had a mark in which the devil had actually taken her baptism rites from her. Um, with with doing this, he's put his hand on her and he's given her a baptism mark of his own. She now has a, a mole or a teat or something like that on her body. So they're cutting the hair off the witch to look for this mark. Is it under the scalp? Is it in the hair? Is it in the body? If they couldn't find this mole mark they were looking for, then we come to this nasty little thing. Uh, I'll just show you that there. Uh, I'm not getting dirty here, but this is called uh, a pricker. I'll get the white background. Can I get the white background? Yeah. No, you're not yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a witch pricker. It's a brass bodkin, and um, the the idea was if um, the mark of the witch is not on the skin, it's inside her. So now they use this device to prod her all over, in the mouth, everywhere. Uh, um, every centimeter, stab this thing in. And um, of course, you stab this in, you're going to go, or you're going to scream, or you're going to do something. The mark they're looking for 
is meant to be insensible to pain. So um, they're going to keep stabbing you with this thing until you don't scream. Uh, maybe you're screamed out. Um, maybe you're numb. But uh, when they when they get a spot where um, you don't scream, that's as good as guilty. That's your guilty mark. You're a witch. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And and uh, and from then um, you'll be um, you'll be paraded around around the, the, the village, and they'll get to see you and boo you. You're pulled by the rope. Um, I've got. They 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 had um, uh, uh, maybe a few of you have heard of a scold's bridle. Well, this this is this device here is is a scold's bridle. It was put over the head of women with this. Uh, There's a horrible device here. It would go in the mouth. And so you're wearing this kind of thing on your head um, with this bulbous bulbous bit here, would be where a rope would go round, and you'd be pulled through the town. You see, you'd be pulled through the town. But every time I pull you, this device here, um, this little little thing that's, that would go sit in your mouth. It would smash your teeth to pieces. So uh, absolutely nasty. I have another one here, and this one um, is more in a, in a day of masks. Maybe I should wear this one. There we go. That one there. It's a metal iron mask, which they would have um, put on the witch to pull around the town, get the hatred from the village. Everything that's gone wrong in the place, the crops failing, the ship going down, it sank, uh, infant mortality, everything would have been blamed on this one person. And they would have gathered together um, barrels of coal tar and, and they'll set a light to her, they'll, they'll burn her. Um, and and, and there, was, there was three burning places in Pitamim, um, well, I'm sorry to say. But, uh, but even even today, um, I, I wrote I wrote the, the, the Wee Witch in two thousand and five. It came out. It's 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 done a hundred thousand copies. It's it's gone through three four editions. Um, this this summer, um, I got filmed. They're on tonight. Men in kilts. Do you know Men in kilts? The two guys, Footlander, uh, Sam Hugan and Graham McTavish. Um, I got invited uh, to be part of the does. show last summer with them, and I. Um, sorry, is that these guys there? Hi there, on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's them. Um, I I got invited to go um, to meet them in in Crail. We 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 went to Wormiston Castle. The show's on tonight uh, in the states. It's not in Britain yet, but we're on to the second show. Um, no, I got I got filmed before. I've been on TV a few times, but I got I got filmed before for um, uh, BBC Two and and uh, BBC Alba. Um, BBC Alba. There was one presenter and a camera a camera woman who didn't have a clue what they were doing apart from fl filming the the, the pit. <laughs> that's some that's some Makasi Makashaw, I think it was called, um, which is a bit like a coast program. And uh, the entire cast was uh, that, that, that young fellow in the shirt and a camera woman. And they, they had no script, nothing. They turned up to film uh, me about the Pitamine Witches and they got it. But um, the Outlander team, oh my God, uh, I, I turned to Wormiston Castle and Crail, lovely people, the, 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 the Wormiston Castle folk. And um, beautiful castle, it's hidden away. Nobody knows about it. It's a, it's a fairy tale castle, it's gorgeous. But when I got there, um, 
There's nine trucks. There's three producers. They've got a drone wow. team. Five people yeah. working a drone. There's 150 of a cast. And I'm going, what's this for? And I went, it's for you. You're, you're our guest today. We're filming you. And I went, you're joking. So um, it was enormous. I mean, this is in the middle of COVID. So all these people have had to isolate for a week before they could actually. 150 Americans? Oh, yeah. What did that cost? But anyway, we, we got we got we we did we did the film in there, and uh, they were going to they were going to film also um, in Pitamim and and do the Pitamim witches because we we talked about the Crail witches when we were in Crail at Wormston Castle. Um, but um, me and my friend uh, Roger Wilson, he, he's he's a he's a he's a sound technician and a, a good guy from from um, Glenrothes, and. Between me and him, we filmed a documentary on the Ween Witch, which should come out this year, and we did it with live actors. So we've got see, it's a documentary with breaks into live actors all the way along, and we've got some really brave people um, to act out. Uh, Janet Cornfoot, who was one of the Pitamine Witches, she gets um, badly treated in the sea. They, they they rope her up and dunk her into the sea for hours on end. And we got a we got a woman from Largo who who'd let her let us tie her up and throw her in the sea in the summer, which which she went through hell. But it makes great. But <laughs> when we when we made this film, we, we of course we, we filmed bits in Pitmeem, and I got a phone call. I got a phone call from the local parish, um, who'd uh, heard that we we're in town filming, and warned us that we'd be sued if we went anywhere near Pitmeem Kirk. So today. They're still at it. They still dislike this um, this um, the reasoning behind um, my books, um, and, and they went as far. I mean, it's, it's comedy. Um, if you if you want to go into the church, you used to go to the coffee shop and get a key there, and the, the, you go in the church and you, you do your own thing. But I was in. I know the woman in the coffee shop, and I went in one day, and she said, uh, "You're actually banned from the church." I went, what? <laughs> she says, what would it be? She says, you're, you're, you're actually, I've not to give you the key, you're banned. I went, banned for what? And she says, it's the book you wrote. It, it's, uh, it's a load of nonsense. It's, uh, it's, it's a load of untruths and stuff. And I went, does this woman actually know? She actually read the thing. Because go to the back page. The entire book is, const is constructed out of the parish records of our own church. So, um, she, I went. I went to the Scotsman with about this, and maybe I got a headline out of it, and uh, just made her look stupid. Um, and that, I'm faced with that everywhere I go. Ministers popping up. Uh, it's their livelihoods. It's their livelihoods, and uh, you've got you've got their tourists coming around nowadays to the churches, especially in Pitmeem. They're not asking about God. They're asking about the, the witches of Pitmeem. <laughs> so, there you go. But uh, I, I I worked on I worked on the first. Um, Harry Potter film and the third one uh, is it Prisoner of Azkaban? I think the third wow. one. Wow! But, but um, it sounds glamorous, but it's not. It's, it was just a building site. Um, I'm a set builder, um, a plaster set builder. That's what I was doing there. And um, my kids at the time they knew about Harry Potter, and, and you know it's a huge affair. And we were doing the first film, and I got to meet uh, J.K. Rowling. Um, she was just a wee shy housewife sitting in the cafe and we were working all hours and I got to sit and speak to her and I told her I was constructing a book on the Pitamine Witches 
and she's very interested she's she's very knowledgeable and interested and um she said um she she just she just uh, come back from america on a book signing and she said uh, i was i was in the shop and the queues were coming out the doors people coming in and it was great they've really taken to me and um she says but every every now and again someone would speak to me and then hand me an envelope and i was i was like oh what's this and the minute the envelope appeared um her her management team would snatch it off her don't touch it don't touch it don't touch it and they'd put it down and uh she said she was wondering what's this all about but by the end of the day there's there's a pile of pile of envelopes and uh what our, what our crew told her was um this is this is your fans who've um who've written their own sequels to your next book they've written the theme of it and if 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 any of your next books match what they've written in there they'll sue uh, the arse off you yeah <laughs> So, so I'm not the only one that's hated by by your own people. Um, I, I found that stunning, um, but um, that's that's what you're up against. If you if you write so, things, uh, there's always something that's going to hate you. You know, some of, some of the questions I've got coming through, Leonard, is where can I right, purchase? Right, sorry. A book? So Craig's asked, where, where can, can I you purchase? purchase book? So I've got a link on Craig's here to Amazon on. anyway, so you can click on the link and you can purchase them direct from Amazon. Um, also, Amazon selling. Amazon's horrible because um, we, we, me and my publisher, have to take a reduced fee to sell on Amazon because uh, they've got the monopoly of it. Um, if I sell a book on Amazon, I get fifty pence. That's it, oh, and I'll be taxed on that. That's that's what I get on a book on Amazon. If you buy a book in the shops, I'll get I'll get maybe three times that, but um, it's. You, you can you can you can buy all the all the all the bookshops sell my it's, i could write a story on this book just trying to get made um this time last year my um untold stories should have came out last february but yep. um the um the scottish uh rugby fans all went to italy to see scotland play italy and beat them and they brought back a horrible disease with them and this was the start of it COVID uh, came into the country. Um, it got hold of my publisher and it ruined him in, in, in London. He's still alive, but he's, he's a shadow of what he was and his old business is, 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 is no more producing books. So my book was a push button from going to the printers and, and then it was stalled um, while COVID ravaged the place. And it, my publisher said, I can't print this. I'm not printing anymore. I don't know if I'm going to live. And so I was sitting with a book um, I'd spent two years writing and then came Garbage Books, uh, uh, an American guy called David in in, uh, in Garbage in St. Andrews, a publisher. He does a lot of science fiction, and he took a gamble, uh, a book published, ready ready to go. So he, he took it on, and um, this is a result of, 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 uh, of that. It should have came out on December the 7th. The minute it came out, uh, COVID had hit all the distribution, so there was no, none of the distribution places could could manage the book. I was missing the Christmas market, of course. Uh, it finally reached all the Waterstones and Autikers and all the bookshops. It reached them in the, in the, about the 20th of December, and the shops all shut. <laughs> <laughs> They've been yeah. shut since, so uh, the, only <laughs> way you get this, the only way you can get this book is, is online or from me 
or from Garbage Books at the moment. But, but then um, as a book, it'll stand the, the, This is my first ebook. Yeah, the, the, this is my first book as an ebook. Um, it's just come out now, so um, uh, we're, we're, we're giving that a try. And I've got a lot of American uh, interest in this book this time, with uh, with having an American publisher, and and with the with the with the the um, Men in Kilts show, Americans go berserk over this show. It's ridiculous um, how popular it is. Um, I, I'm I'm in contact with uh, Sam Hugan from the show. And he, he wants me to do some more Zooming with him uh, and his friends, which would be good. And there's talk about Men in Kilts too. So um, the Vassmet come back on that, which would be great um, to talk about, which is again on some other mission. But anyway, um, yeah. So where can you get the book? Uh, you can Amazon's, Amazon's the only place you can get it just now or... Um, Garbage books or via me. Um, I, I'm, I'm great for posting books out to you. Perfect. Okay, so Karen, no, we know Karen, Karen Marshall. Um, I think Bruce, your dad, was your, ah. um, your best man. Yeah, she says, What was your favorite book to write? Uh, Karen, I've, I've sorted out your pay rise, it's definitely happening. It's <laughs> all—it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so all in the post. I've sorted it. I've sorted it. It's a shake of the hands before we started this. Um, now, Karen's a wee sweetie. Um, my favourite book to write. Um, I, I think my, my pub publisher was my 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 publisher in London was kind of um, perplexed that I went from uh, writing the Wee Witch, which was a major seller and it's and it's thousands from the from the beginning um and uh since since, since the wean witch came out um i had a, a bafta winner um, um emily barker she, she she won a bafta for her music for um wallander uh, the wallander show hit show on the telly and um she's like a folk australian folk singer and um she she read my book and she wrote a song about the pitamine witches and i thought that was lovely and now it's happened a few times it, it, it seems to be seems to be um a good thing to write about but um my publisher wanted me to write more on the subject of of witches but my heart's from largo and i'm born in largo and largo is an amazing place for history it has its witches, it has its warriors, it has its Romans, Pictish, all kinds of stuff going on there. Three major castles, and the history is just dripping off it. So I, I wanted to write a book on Largo. So my second book was like Largo's Untold Stories. There it is, Largo's Untold Stories. And um, I mean, Largo's got a population of, of, of a few hundred. Um, and this is what my publisher what are you doing? You've gone from writing a major book to a wee book. Um, but I, I, was, I was quite happy with what I'd produced um, because of the rich the rich history of Largo and Robinson, Largo, Robinson Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe is the last person I want to write about, I want to know about in Largo. There's much, much, much more interesting people. Harry Goodsir, for God's sake. Um, he's He was one of the Arctic uh, Sir John Franklin um guys who went up over the ice there 137 of them and none came back um wow they all cannibalized wow. each other nasty business 
Um, but even today, down by if you go down by the yacht club in in, in Lower Largo, um, they uh, look up to the big house, and it's Harry Goodsir's house. It's still called Goodsir House. That's where he lived. Um, these are these are these are Largo people. Um, his remains were were found. He was the only remains that were found, brought back, um, stuck in a box in in in, in, uh, in England, and uh, and then they started ex experimenting on his teeth and bones, and and uh, they actually found out who he was because it was just a skeleton when they found him, but through DNA they found out who he was, and and I found his um, his relative, which he, he runs a bus garage in in. Um, in, 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 in Buckhaven, uh, he won buses, I think it is. Um, he's still got the name good, sir. Oh, but, um, yeah, oh, so my, my, my the, the question to the answer was well, the question, the answer to the question was uh, I, I think the Largo book to me means the most of what I've written so far, Karen with the pay rise. <laughs> Couple of questions. Um, Bruce has come in and said, uh, "Tell Len I'm still waiting on the check clearing for his so for playing the soldier in the Battle of St. Monans film on the beach." Glennis actually said, "Is Largo's unstold stories e version on Kindle only, um, or Scotland's untold stories?" Yes, I think that is the case. Eh? Um, you only get fifty pence. Would you like to? It's read just the, the Scotland's untold. Uh, and the loved Weems Witches, great Sunday mm -hmm. slot. Um, you know, uh, thanks, Glennis, for saying that. Um, so Garbage Garbage Books is Lovely. probably the source to get a to get a copy. Garbage Books or myself, you, you contact myself, and I'll I'll get a book sent to you. Uh, until the bookshops are open, and I'm hoping they'll be open the next month or so. Um, it's just been a disaster. It, it, it's all there. I'll have my day, but it won't be for another month yet, maybe until this disease calms down. Um, and the, 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 the Battle of St. Monans, I mean, this this is what I love doing. This is, is what um, I the most, Len. It's the Battle uh -huh. of St. Monans. It's like, what happened there? Give us the story. 1548. We've just had a massive... The, the, the English arrived across the border in their, in their about 30,000 of an army, ravaged across the border, simply for the fact that Mary, Queen of Scots, would not marry Henry VIII's son. We decided to marry her off to the French Dauphin, and uh, to the anger of Henry VIII, he sent his army across the border, and they called it the rough wooing. We're going to wreck the place until, basically, you say yes to this marriage. Uh, and so um, the, the, the Scotch troops garrisoned themselves and there was a massive battle at um, Musselburgh. Uh, and the, 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 this was like uh, a medieval Scottish army fighting a modern English army. They attacked the Scots from by sea and by land and we had nothing to stand against them. Cannonballs went through the troops. Um, there was a rout. And, and that was the end of the, the Battle of Pinky. Uh, the, the, the death toll was horrific, as about 10 to 14,000 Scots killed. Um, but we still had a fighting force, and we ended up with like trench warfare across Edinburgh fighting the English. Now, the French arrived. The French arrived, about 6,000 of them. Uh, this is a great story. Uh, the, English, um, the English attacking force was two brothers, the, the Seymour brothers, 
one the the the, the Henry VIII's um, queen was Seymour when she was when she was on the throne. The two brothers, one took over the army, one took over the land force, what the 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 the, the navy. So anyway, the, the land forces Seymour has had a victory over the Scottish forces in Edinburgh, and he's he's top turkey. But the 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 admiral Seymour not so good. Not he's done nothing yet so far, and he's got his navy out in the the, the Bay of Fife, and um, what they're meant to do, they're meant to stop. Mary Queen of Scots leaving Scotland and so he decided she's going to leave from Edinburgh we're going to catch her and um, and that's that but she left from the Clyde <laughs> she left from the other side of Scotland leaving him with all his ships here going oh damn what we've we done but in the in the meantime um, she went to France and the French armed and they came back up in the middle of one night with the English fleet lying out in the fourth 6,000 French sneaked past them. They never saw them. They sneaked past them. And before they know it, they've, they've reinforced the Scots forces in Edinburgh. The English are going mental. They're at the, the, their admiral has just made a, another boo-boo. Now, he decided the fight against the English was all coming from St. Andrews with um, Cardinal Beaton. Now, Cardinal Beaton was the one that said no to Henry VIII about the marriage. He'd already been killed, but um, the, the, the English, uh, the admiral, uh, decided to take his fleet with an army and land in St. Monans in 1548, land in St. Monans and march his troops through and try and attack St. Andrews by land. They weren't expecting it by land because they thought the Navy would come round on the coast of St Andrews, land there, and they could defend them. But anyway, what he didn't know was that the Earl of Weems had taken a commission from um, the the Scottish uh, Dowager Queen, and his mission was to protect Fife. Do what you can to protect Fife. He'd formed a hard hard hitting uh, army that would keep an eye on the English feet and see where they're going to land. Now he saw movement. He gathered his troops, the Earl of Weems. He went around the coast. He reached Largo, and from Largo he got the Wood Brothers, and they had Largo Castle, so they emptied the castle, and then they chased round, and they found that the English were going to land in St Monans. This is where they're heading. So they got there before them. They dug a trench up in the up in the hilltops, and they hid, and they let the English land. Uh, and there was about five five thousand, five to six thousand of English landed at St Monans on the beach there. And um, as they were disbarking, um, they, this, this, this whole load of smoke appeared. Um, the Scots had dug a trench and filled it full of oil and set fire to it, and all this reek was coming up. So the English knew the Scots were near, and they armed up and charged up the hill by, by, by um, just where Newark Castle is. So they charged up the hill. They didn't realize that behind the smoke, um, was uh, the Earl of Weems and the Largo brothers would, and joining them quickly was Mary Queen of Scots' half brother James Stewart, riding hard from St Andrews. He was 17 years old at the time, but he brought a lot of French and Scottish troops with him. Now uh, the English formed themselves up, pikemen, and they started walking up the gradient of the hill. When they reached the flames, they didn't realise that the Earl of Weems had set up a load of cannons behind the flames. They couldn't see them. 
So the minute they reached the, the smoke, the cannons fired, and then the Scots charged through on top of them um, from all sides. And um, they, they, they beat them back to their own boats, uh, leaving uh, many, many uh, thousands dead. I think 900 was the, the highest count dead. They sunk a ship as well. And the, the English, uh, poor, poor uh, Mr. Sewell, um, Seymour, went to sea. It was another disaster. Um, to, 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 it, it, was, it was a great victory, but why do we not know anything about this? Well, the, the, the thing is, um, the leaders, uh, James Wood, one of the Wood brothers, would be assassinated. Um, James Stewart himself would be assassinated. Uh, the Earl of Weems would die. He was an old man. The uh, on the English side, Thomas, uh, Thomas, uh, and, and Seymour. Um, he was a genius. He, he he went back to he went back to London, and um, I mean this guy controlled a navy of ten thousand people, and he thought he could capture the the young prince, hold him to ransom, and um, he would be the new guardian of the king. But as he tried to as he tried to um, capture the, the the young prince. Um, Somebody's dog came out and started woofing at them in the in the gardens of Kensington, and and he shot it dead. That's a good way to have a surprise attack. And uh, they all got caught, and he would be beheaded. So all the all the leaders of the battle, all the leaders of the battle are now are now dead, and um, we've got the the dissolution of the monasteries in in fifteen sixty. So we've got we've got Saint Monan's um, church right on right on the battlefield. That's where all the records would have been kept. That place got ransacked with uh, John Knox's speech from uh, Catholics to Protestants. And, um, and, and to make matters worse, um, when Oliver Cromwell was up here in uh, 1650 and controlled Scotland, he took all the Scottish records back down to London with him. And they were go they're sifting through them all, see where all our taxes and money and mines and wherever we're making money, where was it going? And and when when uh, Charles II came on the throne, all these files came back to Scotland. We demanded them back, um, but there was a disaster. There's a ship called the Elizabeth that um, grounded and went down off the coast of Newcastle, and um, it had um, eighty odd barrels of Scottish history records, all the Fife coast. And that's where um, that's where I think the uh, the details of this battle ended up in the sea. Wow. Uh, so we've got all wow. the leaders killed. We've got um, we've got this uh, this this uh, monasteries getting burnt to a crisp, and then all the letters and documents went down into the sea. So how do I know about it? Well, letters by people who were in the battlefield. Um, were still, you know, two three pages of of, of uh, people who were actually part of the fighting exist mm -hmm. in three four locations. There's a, there's a French version, there's an there's an English, there's a couple of English versions, and there's a couple of Scottish versions. And it's from these letters that I can construct the battle of uh, Saint Moran's. And oh, uh, a good um. He's dead now, but I've got a good friend of mine. I'm getting up and looking over to see if I can see. <laughs> but, uh, but you're on the screen. <laughs> well, uh, what, what, what we have here is that that's a battle axe. 
Yeah. That's a battle axe, a Scottish battle axe that was found on the on the, the, the on the on the battlefield there. But um I, I had a, a friend of mine, a keen metal detector. I've got actually some oh where are they now? Uh, I can't find it. Aha. Cannonballs. Wow. These are these are, these, these are metal detector finds from the, the castle. Um, now uh, they're, they're, this is like um, grape shot, what you'd expect to to use against uh, troops. Um, you'd have a whole sock full of these balls. These, these balls. And of course, they fire, and they would they would split the uh, it causes much split the enemy possible, really all over the place. Yeah, um, but they, these were found. These are um, uh, metal detecting finds on the battlefield uh, from a friend of mine who who said who, who was you know years ago said to me you should you should explore this area because something big went on here. I keep finding um, artillery bits. And uh, it, it was only when I, when I came across letters of an actual fight going on there that I explored it even more. So, um, yeah, so that's the Battle of St. Monans. So that was the Battle of St. Monans. So it then led you on to, was it Untold Stories for St. Andrews? Aye. Uh, my mum my uh, and both my grands were, were, were from St. Andrews. I know St. Andrews well. St Andrews has got a rich history. Um, I was I was following up um, a, 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 a Toryborn witch uh, called Lilius Adie, which which was a fantastic story, which is in the book. Um, the Lilius Adie was was one of the late um, seventeen o four five uh, trials in in Toryborn. She's an old bewildered woman, but she actually died before they could actually get her, get get her to trial. And so they've got this. Uh, they've got this dead witch, and they didn't know what to do with her. So she, they said, "We can't burn her because she's not. She's not been condemned in a trial. Um, she might be a witch. She might not be a witch. We don't know what to do." So just, just, just to, to make an even, um, even uh, uh, pairing on this, uh, we'll bury her in the sea. We'll bury her in the sand, and and then you know, hold, uh, uh, water, water over the top of her. We'll, 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 we'll deal with the witch. But anyway, um, this um, rather famous uh, painter, Joseph Noel Payton, he was one of Queen Victoria's uh, uh, royal painters. And he um, dug up her bones and he used her skull as as show in all his um in, in some of some of his uh an area of curiosities and then the curiosities curiosities would be Lilith Eddy's head <laughs> and um so her skull was there and um it went to the Hunterian Museum for a while and then it ended up in St Andrews St Andrews Museum and they had a a, a doctor uh from from um Dunfermline who examined it and photographed it. So we actually have a photograph of it now. And he he was like a, a brain surgeon or some sort of genius with the heads. 
and he said she had a diseased brain. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take that from granted. But one thing about Lilith Aidy is um, she was the most buck-toothed woman, a buck-toothed person I'd ever seen in my life. Her teeth came out almost vertical. She must have been horrific to look at. And this is maybe this is what made her peculiar. And this is what you know people accuse people of being witches for because there was some sort of peculiarity about them. Um, the um, the skull went missing. We don't know what happened to it, but we just got the photographs. So I wrote about that, and I, I got I got into um, St Andrews Museum and, and St Andrews University, and I was in the bowels of the place looking for the skull, see if I could find it in all their boxes. It couldn't be found. We don't know where it is. So somebody's got a skull sitting in their garage in a box somewhere, and it's Lilius Aidy. They literally think it's an artifact, just a normal like <laughs> a normal thing from you know like some drama dramatic set or something like that. But this is actually original. Yeah, well that's true. <laughs> She's sitting there somewhere. Nobody knows where she is, and that's a shame. So my, my uh, I wrote about her in my St Andrews book is, is trying to find her. But in St Andrews, you know, I, I love I love history and I love, uh, I, I don't want to go through the boring stories you've heard a million times. I like to go deeper in wee cheeky ones. And in my St Andrews book, if you've, if you've seen it, um, we've, we've got the St Andrews sausage slaughter. What's that about? Brilliant story. During the war, um, during the war, um, we had two butchers uh, in St Andrews right next to each other. And and one of them, um, <laughs> we don't know what how went wrong, but uh, one of one of their, um, they used to make piles and piles of sausages. I mean, there was there was um, Navy base there, there was an army base there. The, the, the amount of sausages they're producing was, was horrendous. But someone somewhere accidentally uh, put in a special herb into the sausages. And um, it was rat poison. They, they, they thought it was a herb, and they, they threw it in. And um, it started killing people. <laughs> people were eating these sausages in St. Andrews and killing people. They actually thought it was a Nazi, you know, this is a Nazi trick. The Nazis doing this to us because um, there's an army base around here. And I, I just found things like that amazingly hilarious. And, and um, you know, and more stories like Al, Al Capone, the nasty Al Capone, the Chicago gangster. He almost lived in St Andrews. He was going to buy a house in St Andrews. That would well, liven well. the place up a bit. <laughs> Imagine having yeah. your golf club. And that takes me to your your book, which is uh -huh. uh, Scotland's Untold Stories. I mean, this is this is fascinating. I, I tell you, I, the one thing I could say about this is, if you lift, if you pick this up, you'll never put it down again. It is so addictive because everything's in short, sharp, funny, um, but factual stories. And and the ones that resonated for me was Jack the Ripper and Pitt and Ween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till the minister complains about that. Absolutely fantastic. And then uh, um, for sale, Macintosh. <laughs> so let's talk about the one for for sale, Macintosh. This is a classic story. Well, what what are you going to understand that the, the sale for sale Macintosh was uh, 18, 18, 1828, I think it was. Uh, and it, it's it's a newspaper story. I mean, it was in the newspaper at the time and uh, scandalised. But this this is going to be horrible to all your your female um, listeners. They're not going to believe this a word of this. But um, when you when you married um, ladies in 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 the olden days, you were your man's property. 
you were property, you were goods. And um, it was legal for a man, if he, if he, if he, if he needed, he could sell you. And um, <laughs> hey, th this fellow in, in Edinburgh, uh, he, he got his wife one day and said, uh, let's go to the market. And she went, oh, that's nice. She says, put your, put your nice dress on. She went, oh. <laughs> so she puts a nice dress on. And then he got, put a nice hat on. And she went, oh, you've been awfully nice to me today. And so she, she was her best hat on and um, best clothes. And she wanders in the market with him hand in hand. And he gets her to the marketplace, and there's a place like an auction, and it's, you know, for animals and stuff. <laughs> he brings out this placard for sale and sticks it around his wife's head. And she, and she was for sale. <laughs> he's, sell, he's selling his wife, uh, taking her down the market to sell his wife. And she was bought. <laughs> she was what, bought. What I find so funny was the very fact, there is a retribution, by the way, for this. Um, no, what's no, is, all the men came out the pubs and they were all roaring drunk and they were all making a malarkey of this and they were all overbidden and bidding with each other and fighting with each other over it. And then it got right round the whole town um, and it went round like wildfire between all the women. And then all the women congregated together and 700 women <laughs> descended on that area and beat the living shit out of the men. It's <laughs> uh, a scary place to be. But they, they did. There was an army of women that went on the rampage uh, when, they, when they heard that what this guy had done. Um, but in, in Scottish law, it, it was it was illegal for a, a woman to, to live on her own. She couldn't live on her own. She couldn't own a property. Um, and this is why women were picked on in, in, in the witch trial eras, because they were easy meat. They had no legal representation. They had no education. They, they did what they were told, basically. And that's the horrific thing about it, um, and, and, and it, it fascinates me to 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 to, to no end um, the extent of, of 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 the witch hunts. I mean, I, I right here, I've got I've got I, I collect artifacts going right back to the trials here. As I've, I've just shown you before we came on live here, here's a this is a newspaper from 1682 on the trial of Major Weir. Um, in Edinburgh, but I've got um, I've got a horrific letter here, a horrific letter, and this letter is um, from 1702, 1703, and th this this letter here is concerning Catherine Campbell. Now Catherine Campbell, and this is an association with the Pitamine witches. This is, a, this, is a, this is a lawyer's letter to the family of Catherine Campbell. Catherine Campbell was one of the Balgarin witches. Now, that's in Paisley. Uh, the Balgarin witches was a household in which um, one of the servants caught the uh, owner of the house's daughter, 11-year-old daughter, stealing milk and gave her a slap. Um, next day, the daughter is thrown up, thrown up and been ill in her bed, telling she's bewitched. I'll cut a long story short here, but... All seven of the servants in the house were um, tortured uh, and burnt as being witches because of this wee girl. Now, that was a story that was given to a boy in Pitamim in 1704 who acted out exactly the same procedure to have the women in, uh, that he didn't like in Pitamim arrested for witchcraft. But the thing on this letter, this, this, this letter to Catherine Campbell, 
is um, is a, she's dead. She's been burnt as a witch. But this is um, from the minute you're arrested and went over the threshold of a jail, you cost money, and that money you have to pay. You've got to pay that back to the authorities. The minute you go over the threshold, you cost money. And so um, the burning of witches was very expensive. Uh, tar, I mean, the, 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 the fuel, the, the, the court case, the feeding you, uh, everything costs loads of money. But um, what this letter is, is uh, everything that Catherine Campbell owns has been sold and it hasn't met her um, burning costs. So now the lawyer is chasing up other members of her family for the to address the bill, and that's what that letter is here. These are these are pieces of history that I love, and um, it's it's uh, it's stuff that I can get a story from and write about. One of the other things that intrigues me is um, the answer of the pirate hunters, and and, and, uh -huh. and I was gobsmacked to find out that Buckhaven used to be called Buccaneers Haven. And that's why it's now that's called right. Buckingham. That's right, the Buccaneers Haven. That's that's 14, 14th century, um, uh, I think they were Dutchmen, and they'd, they'd run into a storm, they'd come around the coast, and they were allowed to settle in, in, in Buckhaven. And they were, they were meant to have been pirates, and uh, Buccaneer, the Buccaneers Haven, and that's where, but yeah, you're right, Buckhaven gets his name from. Um, yeah, but but then it's a story as well about the pirate hunters themselves and how they came down from up from England mm -hmm. and they actually and then all the guys got together and says right let's get a rally and we're going to get a battleship and that's we're going to blow these people out of the water. That's it. But you got you got to remember that Anstruther and Pitt and Ween were, were major armed ports um, and they, they 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 were they were major um, navy bases as well. But and and the amount of fishing boats was was in was in the hundreds there. Um, if you see it today and see it when it was uh, when it was in, in, in the busy years, it was, it was shocking how how uh, how many boats it could fit in there. But yeah, there's great stories. Yeah, what about the story? I mean, you've got an obsession with Jack the Ripper. Can we briefly mm -hmm. talk over? Because we're we're probably going to do another show about this. Um, because uh -huh. Jack the Ripper, g give me two or three minutes of you know Jack the Ripper. I mean, you know, um, about and, me. and where the obsession comes from. Well, um, Jack the Ripper, um, I moved to London and um, I had the idea of a, writing a book and I, I wrote The, the, the Ween Witch. Um, now, the, if, you, if you write a book and you've got every intention of, of, of uh, seeing the starry lights and uh, your book in the shops and stuff like that, well, you've got to get a publisher and that's where it starts. So you write your book, you've got your book written. And then you, you you read up you, what you do. What the publishers want is three chapters, uh, a synopsis in the book, and, and and then post it to them. But the thing is, um, they'll say, if we haven't got back to you in six months, don't worry about it. You're not going to get a reply, and that's horrible. But that's what you're up against. These publishers maybe have twenty issues of a book a year, and when they get the when they when they get enough for twenty that they're going to publish, they don't look at anything else. So your letter yeah. is lies in pile. They don't reply to you. They don't do anything. It's horrible. So all these people with uh, their hearts in the right place to to, to 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 be authors, potential authors, it's a really hard game to get into. I suppose it's a bit like the music industry as well. But um, what I did was I I went to. Um, 
I, I, I found a publisher that would do my kind of stuff, Scottish history, and he lived in, he had his office in, in uh, Liverpool Street. So I went to see him, and when I got to his house, I recognised his house. I recognised his, his office. It's the murder scene of uh, Elizabeth Stride, one of Jack the Ripper's 1888 victims. And was, she was killed right outside his place. I went, well, that's weird. So anyway, I, 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 I met... Um, I met the publisher and I sat down and he gave me my 10 minutes and I told him what I wanted to do. And he thought the story of the, the Pitamine Witches, the Ween Witch, uh, he thought it was fiction. I went, no, it's all true, it happened. And he went, well, if you can write it like you say it, then I'll be interested. And this is what I did and then things take off from there. But um, I I, uh, I ended up working up at uh, High Barnet, uh, the, 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 the original old asylum mental home uh we turned that into to flats we we raised it and turned the flats. massive massive it was like a whole town a, a, a town of mental people where little leather padded rooms with suicide notes everywhere in the walls every crack had a suicide note the history of this place i think it was a an asylum for about 300 years uh but it was like a town they had their own farms and and uh shops and stuff there they kept themselves themselves but in this place um they had three of uh, the jack the ripper uh, actual um meant to be him uh, in the place uh, the polish guy kozminski was the, the the one they they really think it was him so I'm, i was actually working in the rooms where they were kept and as i as i uh, as i left london uh, my, one of my last jobs was in Dr. Gull's house down down in Crystal Palace. Now, Dr. Gull, if you've seen the Johnny Depp film of Jack the Ripper, um, Dr. Gull was the was Jack the Ripper. Uh, he was Queen Victoria's uh, surgeon. Uh, I worked in his house, a big mansion, and when we when we um, I got turned into flats as well. But when we got into the basement, you know, we came across, we broke down a room that was just full of shoes, like children's shoes. Don't have anything yeah. there. But uh, but yeah, so I've I've always had a I've always had a, a kind of big interest in, in Jack so the Ripper. Be another book for you then about Jack the Ripper, or do you think? No, no. I think I've, I think I've um, I, I write for um, Haunted Haunted Magazine. Haunted yeah. Magazine. I write. I write for them. I've been. I've been with Haunted Magazine for uh, oh, about eight years now. It's a monthly monthly thing. It's a free. It's free online, um, and they do paper copies, and they're getting very um, big in the states. And I, I write. I regularly write for them. Me, and my, me, and my friend uh, Roger. We 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 go to haunted locations, and um, we, we we so far I, I've had seven of. of of what I've caught on camera in, yeah. in national newspapers, uh, and that's that's another sideline of what I do. And, and me and Roger, so we uh, can go back to one in magazine and talk about that as well. That's that's an hour, uh, Leonard. I can't believe yeah. that's fast. I could Has it gone already? Uh, yeah, an hour already. So I'm, I'm just going to we're going to wrap up there. If you've got any more questions for Leonard, please feel free to ask on this post. Uh, more than happy to take these questions. And Leonard's got loads of lectures and 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 events that he does online himself. So please follow his page as well. Um, once again, Leonard, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, guys, I'll see you all next week. It's going to be Toby's magical journey, where Toby Everidge actually um, went underwent cancer as a child and uh, set up a charity as a natural result. 
of what they're doing. So next week's Sunday slot's going to be Toby's Magical Journey. And uh, and I'll see you all next week. Thanks very much for coming on the show, Leonard. Thank you. No worries. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs>